No Catch Up Chicago. What's up, my people? You are listening to No Catch Up Chicago. We focus on Chicago news first and everything else second. Weekly, the No Catch Up Chicago gang talks Chicago sports, culture, and avoids cornballs by any means necessary. It's done for Chicago and by Chicago. Listen up. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. Nick the Quick in the building. Yo. It's Bears Tuesday. Victory Tuesday, Victory baby. Victory Tuesday. I like how you got that. Got the actually. W. You can hear it in my voice. I was up there. I was at the game. I was oh, screaming yeah. a little bit. Um, we're going to talk Bears, Seahawks, Monday Night Football. We got that W. We have a ton of stuff to talk about. I need to give Javi Baez some love. We're going to talk MVP. Oh, my God. I haven't given him, my boy, enough love. So, sure. I need to – we need to talk Javi Baez. That's my guy. And then we're going to close it out with where are we with Josh Gordon, A.B., Triple G, Canelo. We're going to touch on Urban Meyer, Ohio State. Yeah. All of that. All that. We in here. We out here. And you see me with the Blackhawks. Ready. Oh, yeah. Sean's trying to get a new audience out there, man. <laughs> we're trying to let you hockey fans know this year we're bringing you that real. Yeah. That, I mean, we're maybe. We might be breaking down some ice time, you know, some minutes some things like that. Plus, minus, all that. You know Probably not. I just got the. I just like this. I just like the logo. It's it's, really. it's the coldest logo in sports. It's it the always hardest has logo been by far the hardest logo in sports is the Blackhawk. No like doubt. before they were even good, I was trying to get that fitted head. I think I saw Fat Joe have it in a video way back in the day, and I was like, man, that that logo is so hard. Yeah, the Super logo tough. is crazy. That and the Raiders logo. Yo, and this is the old school joint with the gray on the bottom. Oh, very nice. The not the old, all black yeah, joint. Not and the not, all, not like the, the snapback, the still fitted yeah, joints. Yeah, this yeah. the old school joint, Jerry. Of course, it's beautiful. Let's jump right into it, man. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Bears got that W last night. Yeah. At Soldier. Home opener. As you can see, I wrote on the board, Mac owns the city already. Khalil. This shit is a fact already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He already owns the city. Everybody loves him. Yeah. He was mic'd up last night. That shit was awesome. It was awesome. great. I'm going to play some of that here in a second. Um, give me your thoughts on the game. 24-17. And it, it's not, it was more 24-10. We gave up a touchdown at the end. Um, but give me your thoughts on the game, man. Oh no, it was twenty four seventeen because they almost came back. But um, yeah, they, they did, and they had the rock. Yeah, they had the, the rock at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, overall, I mean, it, it's it's it, it's hard to kind of not give everything away that we're going to talk about right now, as far as that's concerned. But overall, really happy with the victory. Um, defensively, we have a unit, right? Like this defense is incredible. Um, they're hungry. I love that they play like a bunch of junkyard dogs back there. I mean, the thing that I love the most is when they were getting to the quarterback, yeah, maybe one or two people got the sack, but you're seeing five, six different guys fly around, get back there. They're excited for each other. They're all high-fiving. You can just see the energy coming from that defense. Like, they know they're going to get to the quarterback and create pressure, which I absolutely loved. Offensively, completely different story, right? Completely different story with the offense. I'm not happy with this offense. I'm not satisfied with Trubisky right now. I understand it's still early, um, but he, I mean, he missed a lot, a lot yesterday or last night. I'm sorry. Um, and then still not really getting the ground game going, which is something I asked about last week. So again, um, I'm always happy to get the W. It's just wins like that where you're relying on the defense to score touchdowns. That's not going to happen every single week. And eventually the offense has to show up. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. Always happy for a W. Seattle is nowhere near the team that they used to be. I think we could all see that. I don't, Russ doesn't have anybody out there to throw to. Um, their defense isn't nearly as good. But, again, I'll take a W any way I can get it, man. We haven't had a lot of those over the last few years, so I'll definitely take it. But 
there's a lot to take away from that game, good and bad. No doubt. 34 passes, mm-hmm. 27 rushes, but only 18 rushes from running backs. Yeah. That are actually supposed to be running around. Yeah, you got rushes. Not jet sweeps with Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel, yeah. Not quarterback runs with Mitchell. Like, straight up runs is only 18. 18. So, that's – I feel you. Yeah. I feel you because I don't want to – and Maggie, uh, Nagy even came out and already said, like, I can change, like, how I'm calling the game because of the way the defense is playing. Yeah. I didn't really like to hear that either. That's almost saying, like, we could – what basically what how I felt leaving the game, I went to the game, the atmosphere – first off, the atmosphere was off the chain. Yeah. They had the tiles out. Everyone was excited to be there. Um, shout out my homie Paige from Arizona. She hooked us up with some tickets. Um, and speaking of, I'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Took us up with some tickets. The experience was dope. Um, the energy was there. People are excited. I think as lo- how you said about the defense being excited and ex- they were excited for each other. They are. They love each other already. They love like, it, man. They're they're gassed up the, the whole game through yeah. and through. They can't wait for it to be like third and six. Yeah, they love it. They're like they love they, it. They, they can't. They clamor to get to third and, and they're seven like rabid eight. dogs getting back there, man. I mean, the group sacking, all that. And you can tell that it's you, like a contest on who's gonna get the who's sack. gonna get there first. Like, and that's the thing. Yeah, you bring in a Khalil Mack, a guy who's just that good, and obviously, like one thing I noticed by watching and listening to the mic'd up and everything is that dude loves football. Like, you don't got to worry about him getting his money and not trying anymore. He he loves to do what he does, 90 million or no 90 million, right? So I love that. And what he also does is he raises the play of those other players, right? They're out there watching him do all this amazing shit. And they're like, you know what? I want to go do that. I want to be that good. So when you have a player that that's, that's kind of that example for your team, the rest of the guys look up to that and they play up to that level, right? They can't be as good as Khalil Mack, but they're all going to try. Um, and I just think that that's the energy and that's the attitude, the swagger, the culture that he brings to that defense is, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be some dogs. We're going after the quarterback. We're gang tackling. And we're going to go hard every single down that we're out there. And, again, that that's 100% the Khalil Mack effect and it's definitely showing on this defense. Yeah, no doubt. I, the mic'd up <clears throat> thing was awesome because yeah. he wasn't saying anything really, but he was saying everything, everything at the same yeah. time. Like, I don't think he said, like, a complete sentence, like, the whole way. We don't get him, yeah. Are we coming? We talking like, about, boy, we coming. Yeah. <laughs> Shit like that, right? All right. That's fine. Me. Lead by example. Hey, look, I don't need – we've had plenty of vocal leaders in this town. You lead by example, that's 100% fine with me. Again, you can look at him and just tell this dude loves playing linebacker. No like, doubt. he would he'd rather be nowhere else in the world than what he's doing right now, um, money aside, which is awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I love it. Pull me up, Aaron. I'm about to play some of this mic'd up from last night. Make sure my audio is working too. Like, get that back. Get go back. ahead, get back. This dude, Afidi, was getting his ass kicked all yeah. night. He had to see. Hey, way to come down. Way to come down. Way to come down. He had to see Von Miller and then Khalil Mack in back-to-back weeks. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show is right, but I mean, not that's that's the worst welcome you could get. Yeah, well, so he I was. Felt, getting, I mean, I feel for dude a little bit. Khalil Mack knew that he had. He was bull rushing the shit out of him. Good, love it. Come on, we got you. We got you back. All positive stuff though. Yeah. Everything he said was positive. What a play. Let's go, 
I think they just looped it. I think it's just a loop, yeah. yeah. I think they just looped it. But all, all I wanted to show there was it's all positive. Yeah. He's just, like you said, he just likes to go he's out there. He's an animal, and just bro. Try to, he's a beast, bro. You could look at his face. He has a foot, a linebacker face. Wide, like, strong just, neck ass. Yeah, big, strong, big yeah, head, big. fucking <laughs> whack 90s haircut. Like the whole, the whole nine yards. He's got the Bo Jackson, Lawrence Taylor type situation haircut going on. I love that guy, man. I yeah. knew I was going to like it. I love that guy. That is what I like. You know me, defensive run of the ball. You can have all Long that throwing. arms, fast, fast, gets off the mean. gets off the ball, and he's strong too, man. Strong. It's not just running around. It's not running around people. He was running through a fide. That he dude does, had no chance. He does whatever he needs. To, he just picks whatever movie he wants and to go to the, in his bag, well, and he just gets it done. Well, and it's relentless. Even when he's not getting sacks and thing, I think I think that that wears down on the defense because first off, you always have to account for him, and he's just always going hard. You saw some of those plays, he'd be out of the play, and then all of a sudden, Cleo Mack flying around, moving Russell Wilson out the pocket. You know, I mean, that that was just phenomenal. Yeah. And not to mention, I mean, yeah, the the the, the rest of the linebackers, right? Akeem Hicks was getting in there. Eddie Goldman getting involved. I mean, all those guys are playing Aaron up to Lynch, a level. I, I rock Aaron with Lynch, him, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, new dude. He's raw. They're, they're playing up him. to a level, man. It's, someone sets an example out there. Like, it, it's so refreshing to have good players. And can Vic Fangio get a little FaceTime on? I re- yeah, they don't. I don't think they showed. Him I at rewatched all. the game this this morning. Yeah, because you know how it is when you're at the game versus watching the game. I don't think they showed. Vic, I don't think I've seen Vic all season. Nah, they didn't show Vic once. It's a lot of naggy. It's a it's a lot of naggy. It's a lot of Khalil Mack, yeah. understandably. Yep. But they haven't shown Vic once. Yeah, give show Vic, Vic Fangio some love, some love man, for yeah, sure, for real. definitely. So you kind of opened the monologue with your where you're at with the Bears, the week one versus week two, how you yeah. felt about the game. This might sound a little weird but i i'm kind of scared because that that was kind of how after i rewatched it this morning I, that was the word that came away was i was like nervous and scared because i knew the defense was going to be good they're really really good though like i knew they were going to be good they're going to be they're top they're going to be top 3 in the league yeah yeah so when I say scared, I mean like we're now now it's really, 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 really leaning on Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. To the point where it's like we have a super we have a Super Bowl caliber defense. Our special teams is rocking. And basically the only question mark is Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. So that that makes me nervous because the pressure and pressure is going to mount and something's gonna have to be done about that. Yeah, and I mean, just to kind of break down Mitch a little bit from last night, um, 25 for 34, right? So obviously accurate, but 25 for 34, was it 200 passing yards? I want to say, yeah. So it was 5.8 yards per attempt, right? Which is just not going to get it done, obviously. Um, Missed some wide open throws. Missed Tariq Cohen on the first throw of the game. Miss Gabriel on another throw. That was a really bad one. A really bad one because he could if he would have broke free, that's a touchdown, right? There was just one safety back there. If Gabriel put the burners on him, that's a touchdown. The Allen Robinson interception that he threw is just unexcusable, right? You had Allen Robinson on one-on-one coverage streaking down the sideline, and you can't put that in front of him. That's a touchdown too. So there's two near touchdowns that he gave up, and that ended up being a pick, um, which I talked about last week. I told you that those are going to start getting picked off, right? Um, he threw ish- another one in the corner that should have got picked that one off. at the end zone should have been picked should've off, picked and we off. shouldn't have got our three points from that. 
And that right? would have ended up being really big. That would have been that could have been a pick six. Yeah. You know those corner of the end zone interceptions when the DB's facing towards the other end they zone? Almost they almost always go back because the quarterback's the only one who's going to be there to try to stop it. So um, when you look at throws like that, when you look at how they ran the offense, um, just these small little pedestrian sh- throws, like you said, this Taylor Gabriel coming out the backfield as a running back, you know, those type of plays. It's gimmicky um, in a sense, and it's also – you won't have the opportunity to run that Trey Burton in a red zone play again, right? You can't run that play again for 10 weeks. Teams are going to know it's coming. So my biggest concern with the offense is they need to find an actual identity of what it is that you're going to allow Trubisky to do because they're cutting off his deep throws um, and everything else is scripted, man. I mean, it's just a lot of little dump offs and these little out routes and just short six, seven yard passes, which aren't going to get it done. Thank God the defense played so well, right? But we should have been up 21 to nothing at half, without a doubt. We should have been up 21 to nothing at half, and that game should have been over in the third quarter. You can't keep letting these good quarterbacks hang around, right? You let Aaron Rodgers hang around last week, you saw what happened. You let Russell Wilson hang around this week, you saw what almost happened. You're lucky he doesn't have any good receivers. Um, he hasn't thrown a pick six since 2015. Exactly. So, like, that was – I wasn't I wouldn't say it's a miracle – because we were putting pressure on him all day. He was getting, that was a great was, read by Prince. He was all day. Prince was sitting He on knew that. the play. Yeah. He knew basically. the play, right? So, basically. I mean, a great play by him, but he knew the play. A great call, great call by Vic. Um, but the thing that worries me the most is if this is the style that you're going to play with, the quarterbacks don't get a lot easier for us. We see Tom Brady this year, right? In our own division, there's three very good quarterbacks. One super elite quarterback and two really good quarterbacks, right? So you keep playing these games. Why does everybody want to disrespect Kirk Cousins so much? He's really good. I just that said boy, he's, that boy he's, will eat Matt Stafford a lot. He's not elite. He's, he's not. He's not. He's way better than Matt Stafford. That's fine. Matt Stafford is still very good. What no, I'm talking about. My good. point is this. Right. Okay, do you want to let Matt Stafford? If you woke up tomorrow and you were a GM and Matt Stafford was your quarterback, how would you feel? Not that great. Oh what wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Not that. Have you watched? That's interesting. Not that. They great. sucked. They've sucked the last couple of weeks, but that Matt Stafford still gets it done. He puts up numbers. He's, He's right. better than a lot of. Court- My point is this: you keep playing against these court- good quarterbacks, and you let them hang around, and you don't put them away early when you have the opportunity. They're gonna come back. I think it's more for me just keeping the D on the field. They can play at that crazy wild level that for they've the been first playing half. at. They, they're going to get tired, bro, yeah. period. That's just they how did. it goes. On the Russell Wilson touchdown drive, they were tired. They're tired, bro. So tired. Like, it's just more about being able to str- – and then that's where running the ball comes that's in. That's what I was just about it's, to say. It's about stringing together first downs. And if you watch that Minnesota-Green Bay game, quarterback play. Yeah. I mean, they were moving the rock. It Kirk, was Kirk first Cousins down, threw a pass down. to Thieline that was just unbelievable. Yeah. The pocket that he put it into or the window that he's fit it into. So, yeah, of course, yeah, that comes down to ball control. If you want to win with your defense, you better be able to control the ball on offense and eat up clock and have long, sustained drives. Otherwise, if you're going three and out and expecting your defense to score or get turnovers or sacks all the time on every single possession, it's not going to happen. And that's why I say, if this is what we're going to do, establish the run early on this season. Get it going. The run is your best friend when you have a and, good defense. And when you say run, you're talking about between the tackles. You're not talking yeah. Jeff Sweet. No, I'm not talking this cute shit, dude. Since when did it not get cool to just give it to a running back like Jordan Howard, who has 2,000-yard seasons? he wasn't really doing shit. No, he, he was wasn't. He wasn't. And I understand you that. The run, I mean? It wasn't there like it was. Now, last week, we had the opportunity to run the ball. 
He was averaging five yards a carry, right? This week, yeah, he was getting stopped, understood. But at the same time, you have to commit to the running game. You can't abandon it and decide, well, hey, the regular runs aren't working. We're just going to start to get cute. Because it's not sustainable, especially if you want to win with your D. You got to control the ball, you got to control the clock, and you have to minimize the amount of time that your defense is on the field. It's just tough. It's that lateral running shit in the jet sweep. When it works, you're like, great fucking. Yeah, call. it's great. Yeah. And when it's like, when it gets stopped for a little loss of four, you're like, what? What the fuck is that? What is? What's going on here? And a lot of that depends on also having so a good passing tough. game. Because if you're running all that stuff, you want to make sure your safeties aren't all up in the box, your linebackers aren't coming all in like that. And again, like we talked about last week, keep it honest. And you want to be setting up stuff for downfield. For downfield, right? exactly. So you can't run that stuff if you're no threat downfield. Yeah, I agree with you. You 100%. can't because they know everything for the Bears is going to be right in that 10-yard 10, 10 range, inside of 10. Again, 5.8 yards per pass attempt. Yeah, he's not throwing, he's not throwing well, anything downfield. What's the point? 5.8 per rush attempt is a good game day of running the football, right? So if you're only getting 5.8 yards per pass, what exactly are you doing? And what are you calling? Now, it's either one of two things. Um, it's actually only one thing, I think. Nagy doesn't trust Trubisky at this point. You know, I don't think he trusts him. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I don't think he has any reason to. It's week two. Because when he has gone downfield, it hasn't looked. Yeah, yeah, that's I fine. Mean, it's still early. You know what that's I'm fine. That's but, yeah. fine. Pat Mahomes is out here slinging that rock. The one thing that I guess also concerns me about Trubisky, and I was thinking about this as I was watching the game last night, I still haven't seen that throw from him where he fits it into that tight window, and you're like, even if everything else sucks, there's that glimmer of hope. That's a good, that's a good point. And I was thinking about, I was like, I'm trying to think back, like, when there, is he? There's no wow moment. There's no wow moment. Even when Cutler was awful, he would have these throws where you're just like, okay, that talent is there. Right. Yeah, he could sling it, right? Some of these other guys can sling it. Again, we just talked about the Cousins throw. He hasn't had that throw where he fits it in a tight window like that, right? On a non-scripted play where he just makes something happen. I, I would say yesterday, that, that throw to Tariq Cohen, where he... Thought there was pressure, but there wasn't. Any. And he ran backwards and for he ran eight yards backwards for a second, and then turned around and flipped it to Tariq. That was that was a play that not a lot of quarterbacks can make. That was right. a very athletic, it's, accurate play. It's also a play that a lot not a lot of quarterbacks would, would make it. because he ran backwards. I remember I was watching that. I said, "Where is he going?" All you had to do was step up. He, he was good. He, yeah, and he doesn't know where the pocket is apparently because he literally ran back five yards. Avoided the sack and then just threw some shit that got lucky that it went to his receiver. Right. He's got a live arm. Okay, he can make that throw. That's great, but that that's not quarterbacking, man. And the other thing too is the the big <laughs> the big the big plus on him was he was accurate. He's accurate. He's accurate. He's athletic yeah. and he's accurate. He didn't, he didn't look too accurate. I mean, he completed seventy three percent of his balls. But I mean, they're going. They're not going. He's accurately short passes. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't care about that's that. That's fine. Right? Yeah. But like the the that ball to Taylor Gabriel. He missed by a lot. Missed it, by a lot. It wasn't even like he missed it by a little bit. He missed it by a lot. He underthrew Allen Robinson by a lot. Ten yards. That, that was terrible. Yeah. That's a touchdown. You have to make that throw. You're not going to get your $60 million receiver in one-on-one streaking down the field when you have time to throw the ball. It's just not going to happen, man. And, again, um, I haven't seen him make those throws where you're like, damn, even if it goes bad, I know he can do that. And if we're able to build off that, this is what we got we're good here. to go. So I listened to him in the press conference last night, and he was like, uh, you know, they asked him about some of the bad throws and stuff. And he's like, you know, I try not to dwell on the bad throws because I've learned that that just doesn't make anything better, and I just want to focus on the positive, which is a great attitude to have. I love Trubisky's attitude, man. You can tell he's a can-do guy. It's great. But at the same time, 
what are you going to look at your 25 six yard completions and kind of build off that how you feel you, about his face? He got like an Eli Manning face. Uh, my girl was talking about that <laughs> yesterday. She she hates his face. Yo, I hate this she, guy. The mustache face, was terrible bro. too. I, I don't care about the the mustache and that type of shit. But like he has that face when he makes a bad play, his face makes it worse yeah. for me. He, his face isn't when as punchable. When he punch- throws a pick, it's like his face makes it worse. So you know what I mean? my old favorite most punchable face was Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen is a very punchable face, very but punchable someone face. else is taking the cake. Let me see if you know who this is. NFL player, rookie. Quite possibly the most rookie? punchable face I've ever seen. I don't know. Sam Darnold. Yeah. Bro, I no, look at that. some pictures of Sam Darnold. He just looks like the biggest douchebag <laughs> in the history of the world. He's just he's just super broy. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's got, got an extra super... bro with the red hair. Yeah, he, he's no, got, terrible. He's always flicking. He's always rubbing. Yeah, his yeah. Like, I, would, I would love to punch that guy in the face. But yeah, um, Mitchell has that face where when he makes a mistake, his when I look at his face, I, I like get more angry yeah. than I was already. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, man. It's just, it's again, we should have been up. 21 to nothing at yeah. halftime. But not to, to not get too negative, we did get the W. We, we did. showed up. The D is So you put me we, in these positions to be the Bears No, hater. no, I really no no because I agree with everything. No, because I agree with everything you're saying. Right, right. But like I just did because we because if you didn't know the score of the game the way we're talking, we probably you probably think we lost. We lost. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I don't want to I don't want to get too too crazy with it because we did win. He did throw a nice touchdown pass to Tony Miller. He did have a, a, a couple plays that looked good. First He's, drive. Yeah, first drive. He's king of the first drive. Every yeah. game, If every game was the first drive, he'd, he'd be the best quarterback in the league. So, like I said, my, my initial thing was I, I'm scared because now all of a sudden it looks like we have a, a team that can really make some noise without a quarterback. Right. And then that's like a nightmare because the windows – the windows just the NFL window. We've t- we talk about this all the time. The NFL window is just not big. Yeah. So when you when you when you ha- we're gonna have this three year window where this Possibly, defense yeah. is gonna be on point and they and we don't have to pay anybody. Three years before you yeah. got to pay Trubisky too. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's we'll like look at Seattle. That's why I'm just I'm scared now. Now I'm nervous that yeah. we're not gonna get to that apex team that we could be because of quarterback play. Yeah, and that's a major concern, it's a major man. concern. And now, at the same time, man, again, yeah, this is his, his second start of the year. Last year was a joke. You know, all that, we get it. Um, but it's just hard when you look over and you see Mahomes doing well. You know, you see some of these younger, other younger quarterbacks entering year two and doing well. Um, but the thing I also realized about this offense, and last year we killed Fox, right? Yeah. And uh, who's the offensive court? Dow Loggins is a yeah, joke. Loggins. Um, <laughs> we killed them about the plays that they were calling because it was all short passes with Trubisky. Let me ask you this. Are we pretty much doing the same thing, but because the personnel groupings and the packages are so exotic and different looking and all this motion and all, it's not as vanilla that we're kind of we're we're, not really we're seeing what's actually happening? Yeah. The same playbook? It's the same playbook. Not the same playbook as far as the route. I get it. Not the same formations. It's all different. But what we're asking him to do is essentially the same thing. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, I would say so. Right. And, I mean, I think it, it, it goes down to a rookie quarterback they didn't trust, and I think we're still in that same type of right. position now. So if you're going to run that offense, what can't he do? He can't turn the ball over. Absolutely. If you're going to play conservative like that, the one thing your quarterback can't do is turn the ball over. No doubt. Good win overall. I'm glad we got it done really quick. So our homie <laughs> that got us tickets to the game's boyfriend's Deion Jordan on the Seahawks, former Miami Dolphins. Yeah, his first round pick. Yeah, former, Oregon, right? former Oregon Duck. It's a duck. Super cool cat. Fuck Chip Kelly. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and 
So we had like the the back player pass for the Seahawks. So he came out and said what's up to us after the game. Brandon Marshall came out. My dog. He is humongous for real. Like he's, yeah, he was like, he's like 6'4", right? He's he's 6'5 and a half, it looked like to me. <laughs> and he's every bit of the 230 he's listed at. Yeah. He was gigantic and solid. Yeah. And I was like, wow, like this dude is like every every time you hear about him on the broadcast, like he's more I want to be more than just a big body, like what like he keeps saying that all the time. Yeah, yeah. He he is a really big body. He's a big boy. Like, I can't imagine trying to trying to bring him down on like a crossing route. Yeah. And he's moving at full speed. It was crazy. Right. Another stat I heard about Brandon Marshall when we were talking about Brandon Marshall. Did you know do you know this? Do you know this who owns the overall? He owns the overall receptions. For the Bears? Yes. Yeah, like 115 that first year. No, 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 in a game. It's B. Marshall from Kyle Orton. And for what, the Bears you're talking about? I think it's... it's No, the overall receptions record is Terrell Owens against the Bears. He had 21 against the Bears in like 2000. No, I think Marshall had like 23. That's what I'm thinking. Hold on. Really quick. But I was like, yo, I think this is from single game reception... Reception. I thought it was T.O. With, with 21. No, I think it is. I think it's Brandon Marshall. Reception record in game. Let's see. When did Kyle Orton? Kyle Orton never played with Brandon Marshall on the Bears. Single game reception. Brandon Marshall never played with Kyle Orton. No? No, my, never. Because remember, we got, we, we got Brandon Marshall after we got Cutler. Yes, Brandon Marshall. Oh, he, he was on the Denver Broncos. From Kyle Orton. From Kyle Orton. Oh, that was there legendary Kyle Orton. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was legendary. That was apex Kyle Orton. 21 passes. Yeah, and then. The, right here. Yeah. Here, get, the, get my mans right here. <laughs> See, if you want to have a great defense and win some games, that's the quarterback you need right there. Because he ain't turning it over. Yeah, Kyle Orton, 21. Uh, Kyle Orton and Brandon Marshall, 21 receptions. That's crazy. T.O. had 20. T.O. had 20 against the Bears, yeah. right? Yeah. But, yeah, bro, I saw Brandon Marshall live and in color, and he was a fucking. Wait. Unit can animal. We, can we talk about this Michael Dixon? I don't even know what you're talking about. The Seahawks kicker. The punter. Well, when he's doing Who's like out here drop kicking, drop kicking, drop kicking onside kicks, drop kicking kickoffs. Yeah, what well, well, yeah, you want to talk what Appar- about? It? Apparently, this dude is crazy. He's one of those Aussie, uh, Aussie rules football guys. He was a fifth round draft pick for a punter, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, dude, dude was drop kicking kickoffs, bro. You know how hard it is to drop kick a kickoff? Yeah, how much it. leg strength you require to do that? Well, I didn't. I, do they let you move it up? No, to, I think you drop it. Or, at or that, that was spot. a penalty. I think. Yeah, yeah. He had a penalty for yeah. some other shit, but yeah. He's got a leg. Who cares? Hey, you don't care about your punter Sebastian until you have a shitty Janikowski one. is the only kicker I'm talking Yo, about from Seattle. Janikowski is a monster. First round pick. He's been in the league for 20 years. Yo, speaking of that interaction, him and Khalil Mack used to be teammates in Oakland. Yeah, that, yeah, I saw that after the game. He dapped they, him up. They met up in, at midfield. We're talking shit. And he was like, Yo, I'm going to send you my jersey. And he was fucking with your, uh, Janikowski. He's like, Are you a captain now? Yep. <laughs> and he was clowning him. So that was dope to see. Um, too. Only two players left from Janikowski's draft class. One was Janikowski, who's a first-rounder. The other one was a sixth-rounder. I have no idea. His name is Thomas Brady. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they were showing that during the game, shout too. Out, which shout is out good. Sebastian Janikowski, legend. Legend, bro. Legend. And he still can – he was at like 55-56 yard kick. Yeah, he's got he's that leg. He's banging through 56 yards yeah. and people out here missing 35 yard. He was. Do you remember him at Florida State? Yeah, he's a beast. He was nasty. What did Al, Al Davis took him out? Al what? Davis took him like in the first 19 round. Nineteen or something? Yeah, like twenty. Yeah, yeah. He was his kicker for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, you. 
Low you almost can't argue with that. Pick. Having st- well, let me ask you this: You saw what happened on Sunday. How many games were lost because of kickers? A lot. Or tied? We had a tie and a money. loss because of a I kicker. I had money on Minnesota, my man. I couldn't believe he smoked off that third one. It was so bad. I think when it comes to the draft, man, anytime you can stabilize the position for 19 years and literally not have to worry about it on any summer, every single summer you know you're going to have a guy there, you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the logic behind taking guards and stuff like that when they get taken early. I mean, people like, oh, why would you draft a guard that early? You can get the position stabilized for 12, 13 years. You're good to go. Yeah. I feel you. That's a good point. You're good to go, man. That's I mean, that's football. No doubt. Bears got the W, man. What did I, what? Remember when you laughed at me when I was like, we can fuck around and start the season four and one? Remember you was laughing at me? Yeah, I don't think we will. We, what are the next three games? You didn't even think it was a chance. We play we play Arizona coming up. Yeah. Then we play Arizona Tampa. next week? Yeah, next week. Oh, at that's Arizona, a, that's, that's a W. That's a W. Then we play at home against the Bucks. Hopefully Fitzpatrick will come down to earth or they play Jameis. Please play Jameis. And then and then we have a bye, I believe, and then we play Miami. Miami's 2-0. I don't give a fuck. Um, I will say this, man. It's a guaranteed W if Arizona has the nerve to trot out Sam Bradford again. How does this dude keep getting starting? It's not even keep getting signed because I get it. You want experience backup quarterback. Yeah. Not only does it keep getting signed, he keeps getting signed and getting starting jobs. Yeah, Have we not seen enough Sam Bradford? You know what I heard? He's never won eight more than eight or less. He's never won eight games in a season. Wow. He's been in the league for what twelve years. Number one pick. He got he's the number, number one pick. He yeah, he's nasty at Oklahoma. He got that number one pick tag. Yeah, he you stays in the league, man. So yeah, we're gonna go roll them. We could definitely start the season off four and one. Yeah, it's possible. Possibly. All right, let's jump over to Javi Baez. The him and Khalil Mack. I hope they they become homies somehow. Who runs the city more, Javi or Khalil? Khalil Mack, because the Bears run the city. <laughs> That's why. But maybe in the play, in October, if Javi goes starts going crazy, yeah. And we lose a couple games. Yeah. And Mac don't have a sack in three games, which is impossible. Yeah. But, yeah, Javi. That's, we'll that's, that's a hot topic question. I don't question. know if the Cubs are capable of going crazy. You guys are losing relief pitchers like uh, fucking. I know, man. It's going out of style. Well, you lost Morrow today, too, for the year. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, Morrow gone. Uh, my man's gone. Pedro Strope. All right, but let's talk about Javi Bias. Yeah. Pull me up, Aaron. I'm going to show you the good and the. And we're going to talk about Contreras as well. But I want to show this clip of Javi Baez. Love it. I love Oh, I can't. I love it. Watch it again. He hits the ball probably 460. I love the attitude. He just doesn't care, and it's all positive. He's talking to his teammates. Like, anyone that doesn't like this, and that's a lot of people. A lot of base. This is what I'm talking. We talked about this earlier in the the year. Where they uh, they were talking about, oh, he could lose a vote from me because of his antics. What the fuck is baseball doing? This is what you need. This is what you need. Any league would kill for this. You got a young superstar in a major market with a lot of charisma and enthusiasm. And a vast and a big majority of your fan base is Hispanic. Is Hispanic, yeah. He's a Hispanic. Yeah, he's Puerto Rican. And he's young. That's your that's your country. Oh, that's your like yeah, everything about this cat's the man, right? I, I just and maybe it was real. I hate to keep harping on this every time we talk about baseball, I talk about this, but obviously yeah. you've been doing baseball and shit like that a lot longer than me. Um, what is the logic behind not celebrating oh, pimping disres- a home run, dis- with, which disrespect. is also the dumbest fucking term I've ever heard in my life? It's pimping disrespect your- to who? The other team. It's about you're, you're showing up the other team, just like it's you're showing up an umpire. It's the same type of thing. I don't think you're showing up the other team by celebrating. You're showing up if you point at the pitcher and you're like, "Yeah, fuck you." But if you're just celebrating your home run, yeah, man. But that's that, that's basically what you're doing. 
is what they think. So if you hit a home run, it's it, you know what it is. It's that act like you've done, act, act like you've been here before mentality. That's what. So it if is. I'm at school and I'm taking a test and I get an A and I fucking celebrate, does that mean I'm, I'm showing up my classmates or am I happy because I did well? You want to stop getting shown up? Stop serving up fucking home runs. It's, yeah, that's that, that was a bad analogy, but I I feel you on the or whatever it might be that you're gonna, that you want to celebrate, man, right. or any team sport, whatever it could I be. I mean, this is this is professional sports where everyone's making millions of dollars and we're competing at the highest level. That that shouldn't bother you at all if you you throw your best pitch and the other guy got the best you and hit four hundred feet. And that whole yeah. act like you've been here before, right? So Javi's gonna finish with what 35, 40 home runs this year, maybe. Out of 162 games. Yeah. So it's not something that happens every single day. He doesn't hit a home run every single time he's out there. Right. Yeah. He probably ended with like that 35. He's got 32 right now. Yeah. 32 and 105. So yeah. I, I just don't I don't get that, man. That's why I love Bryce Harper and his approach to it and these guys celebrating. These young guys want to celebrate their success, man. Baseball, again, just holding itself back. If you don't vote for Javi because of that, if you don't vote for Javi, make it a baseball reason. 100%. We're, we're gonna, before we get into the – we're going to pull up – because I think it's between only two people. It's Javi Baez and Christian Yelich, Minnesota, yeah. or not Minnesota, Milwaukee. Yeah. So we're going to pull up those numbers and talk through that. But I want to show the, the the bad part that has kind of been making buzz. Joe Madden was upset with Wilson Contreras about this. Here's Wilson Contreras hitting the ball. He thought was gone. And it looks like everyone behind him thought it was gone as well in the crowd. Whoop, whoop, whoop. No. He's like, oh, oh shit, shit, it's not gone. Oh, hold up. Like, let me let me go ahead and get and to second base, He's not very right? fast to begin with. He almost got tagged. If he would have got tagged out. I will say this. He did not get thrown out at second base. I think he gets this and not gets it off. But he wants to be like Javi Miles. Like, he wants to have as much flair as Javi does, and he doesn't. He's not as good. He's not as good, especially like on the defensive end. And just for like antics like that, like you kind of have a knack for that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like A B when he scores a touchdown, like that, like the extracurricular stuff can either come off as really corny or like, wow, that dude's wild talented. Right. Like it's very smooth. He kind of comes off as clunky and he doesn't really he's trying too hard, whereas in Javi comes off real smooth and it's easy for him, right? So is that a big deal? I mean, have a conversation with him. Nip it in the butt. Keep it moving. Like, yeah. Don't make don't make that into a huge, huge deal. Madden yeah. will have a conversation with him, whatever. You're People in a playoff race, though. So, I mean, I think Madden's point is, you know, everybody needs to be playing hard. I think so. I heard a good breakdown of it on the radio is that Contreras is historically a bad base runner. So, a guy who's already that bad of a base runner yeah. shouldn't be strutting like that unless it's a no-doubter, out-of-the-park type home run. Yeah. That's what they said on the radio. Do I agree with that? I don't know. I mean, I, it's whatever. It's valid. It's valid. Valid. Yeah. Valid point. See, when I first thought, saw it, I thought he was walking off a flat ball like that. I was like, nah, I could, I was, <laughs> that would have been really bad. Yeah, I was like, that's really bad. Like, yeah. that's really, really bad. Okay, pull this back up. This is a side-by-side Christian Yelich versus Javi Baez kind of stats numbers. I want And I want to get your opinion on who you think. Like, if you didn't, like, if I took the heads off. And I just showed you the stats. Yelich, more runs, more hits, more singles, better average type of thing. But Javi has better power numbers, more doubles, more triples, more home runs, more ribbies. That type of thing. You know, you want to know the biggest tell between the, the difference of the two players is? Yeah. The walks. Javi doesn't walk. Ever. 
Um, he's going at everything hard. I mean, he only has 54 yeah, walks. I, know, I mean, but, it's double. Yeah, it's still low. It's low yeah. walks for both players, but Javi has 25. Um, it's hard for me. You, you know what you should have done? I shouldn't should have covered that before, yeah, because obviously yeah. I'm gonna go towards Javi because I'm looking for reasons to go with him. Right. It's pretty even when it terms when in terms of numbers, man. So I think the question you got to ask yourself: if you took this player off of their team, which team would be better? How important is each because when the numbers are that yeah. close, you're splitting hairs at this point. I mean, you really are, right? We're more loaded though, right? So I mean, we could. Who means more to their team? He's though? carried us the whole year, though. Yeah, I think he gets disrespected. We've, there's been a lot of injuries. And we're in first place. Yeah, like on, in their division, right? Yeah. So I think that carries weight. He has better power numbers, and then you throw in the then you throw in the defense on top of all that. He's probably the best defensive player in the league. So some some dude was tweeting out some uh, some stats today that, that that differ from that. That I guess he's twelfth. Um, and defensive efficiency amongst it depends on which position he's playing, but amongst shortstops, he's like twelfth, um, which is not his first position, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was one of those hater stats that you can find if you right. Want to but hate. he's I mean he's in there playing second, short, third. He's all over the place. He's all, every, any any infield position that's not first base that we need when we need help, he's there. He's playing it, he, and he's playing at a very high level. He's the first player to have uh, twenty one home runs and twenty one stolen bases while playing twenty one games at. At first, or at second, twenty-one games at short, and then twenty-one games at third. third. Yeah, yeah, he's the only player to ever do that in MLB history. Yeah, so ba- the crazy thing about baseball is like another just quick side thing to find like these first-time stats. You got to dig deep. Yeah. Like who is sitting over here looking at this rule of twenty-one, being like, you know, what? that kind of makes sense. Um, so yeah, I-, I would go with Javi. I mean, combine with, combine that with us being in first place. I mean, I, I and he has better power numbers. And I think he gives your team that personality. Like, look, man, Rizzo and Bryant aren't interesting. I know people like them. People like the whole what was this thing they did after the World Series, Rizbro or whatever, like the moving company, or whatever the fuck they were doing. Like that's yeah. that's funny, but it's corny. <laughs> like this is what we want to see. You know, what I mean, he's more of appealing to the younger fans. So I mean, I, I you know he gives you that 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 kind of spark on your team he gives you that identity he gives you that culture that swagger the numbers are so tight so the numbers tough. are super tight it, so you just got to look at it so then you look at the other pieces the defense and then you're in first place give yeah. it to my man so give it to javi give javi Baez the mvp can he close games we gonna find out no i mean like as a pitcher oh <laughs> yeah that's uh if you could do that then you guys will be all right <laughs> All right, let's the switch The Cubs over. aren't winning the World Series this year, by the way. No, the AL's winning the World Series. Yeah. I just don't know who it is. It's probably the Red Sox or Probably Houston, the Red Sox. But yeah. Um, let's switch over to where are we with our final segment. Close it out here. We got a couple of things to touch on. Where are you with this A.B. <laughs> Antonio Brown situation in uh, Pittsburgh? Which part? So, that's funny, man. Uh, I guess an article came out at the beginning of the month from un- The Undefeated. Yeah. Which is a trash website to begin with, but um came out on the undefeated. And I really hate the article. I it was pretty much undefeated. It's, 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 you don't like undefeated? I don't know, man. You put Whitlock in charge of something from the beginning and it'll never be good for me no matter how far you distance isn't that, yourself. Isn't Braun running that? Isn't Braun running that? No, the Braun is Braun is uninterrupted. uninterrupted. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my fault. Undefeated is ESPN's culture yes, black okay, website, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um and it was pretty much just, it was a hateful article, right? It was just talking about, hey, Antonio Brown acts this way, but this is how he is in real life, like da 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 da. It's one of those articles at the end of it, you kind of like, what was the purpose of reading this? Like, you really went out to go find bad stuff on Antonio Brown. So I, I don't really pay attention to that stuff. But the tweet, that is 
the perfect example of something being blown way out of context. He literally said, just trade me then and we'll find out. Not saying, hey, I want to be traded. Yeah. I want to get out of Pittsburgh, whatever. He's just saying, you don't think I can do this? Put me on another team with another quarterback. That's fine. And I can do it. That's what right. I'm saying. Now, we haven't found out about what happened yesterday with him not showing up. Yeah. That's another story. Drew Rosenhaus said he had, he had personal matter, man. It's, yeah, I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. He just happened to have it after a loss. After a loss. And he had an argument with the O coordinator on the sidelines. I got all... plenty of personal matters. I still got to go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know you can call in in the NFL. Uh, yeah. So that's an issue. I mean, and clearly, you know, like the whole another thing that's being blown out of proportion is the yelling at the coach on the sideline. It didn't really it happens seem all that, the time, and it wasn't and it didn't that bad. Seem that heated at all? They, no, it seemed like he was telling them like this is what we should be doing type of thing. Yeah, and then he the coach walked over up to him, and they were very close together. The coach is like holding, like, yeah, he's it like, was yeah. like a talk. Yeah, it was, it's a, it's a competitive game. It's the heat of the moment. That stuff happens. So again, again, the not showing up to work thing is one thing. So something or nothing. Something or nothing. Yeah, pretty much. No, I'm asking oh. you something. Is this something, something or, or nothing? nothing? Um, until we find out about what happened yesterday, I'm saying nothing. Can, if you're pointing at the tweet, which is what everybody's talking about right now, Tom, the tweet is the biggest pile of nothing I've ever seen in my life. Is Tomlin a little – how do you feel about Tomlin? So another report came out today. Give Steelers me, got bad juju all – no pun intended. Me, <laughs> Steelers got bad, got bad juju all over the place, man. So a report came out today that said that Tomlin has lost the team, the locker room. I could see that. Yeah. Um, he has a bunch of vet dudes – yeah, I could see it. Yeah, he's got a bunch of veterans who are who are high, you know, high profile players like Brown and Bell, and you know, Roethlisberger looked awful on Sunday. Uh, he looks cooked. Then they showed Le'Veon Bell in Miami, bro. That was and he was jet skiing and on shit. Jet ski. He had an album EP release. Yeah, party. EP release. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, he's um, not tripping at all. He's not tripping at all. So yeah, I mean, what was it going to be your question about Tomlin? I'm sorry, I cut you off. But no, it was just we kind of covered it. It was more just like, how do you do? You, do you think he can? Is he a good football coach? He's, yeah, I think he's a good football coach. Yeah, like he, but like I think his his what makes him a good football coach is he control the personalities in the locker room. Yeah, I think once that he's like a, he's not an X's and O's guy. Like no, he's not doing that type of shit. He's got so a ring. If the one thing that he's doing, he's not doing very well right now. He, yeah, but it's the Steelers. They don't change coaches, so he'll be there no, for the they, next twenty years. <laughs> um, they don't. But no, I, I don't think it's a big deal about that, man. But I will. What's the bigger deal of the Steelers is how bad Ben Roethlisberger has looked. But one thing I realized, I don't think that after he, coming off of threatening of the retirement in the offseason. Well, here's the thing, thing, bro. I don't think, and this is the second straight year he's done this. I don't think Big Ben does anything in the offseason. Anything. I don't think he goes to the gym. I don't think he watches film. I don't think he picks up a football. <laughs> Remember last year, he started off the season terrible. Yeah. Right? And then by the end of the season, he was Big Ben again. I think he's doing the same exact thing this year. Just as you get older, there's only so much you can do that. But I don't think that guy does not work out in the offseason. He doesn't do shit. And you can tell. That's I like that. Kind of labors actually. through like the first six weeks of the season. He's like, all right, let's get it going. All right. Josh Gordon to the Patriots. Josh Gordon going to be more like Randy Moss or like what happened with Ocho Cinco? Is he going to is he going to succeed or not succeed? That's such a loaded question. Um cuz they if, were they were bringing up so, so much of the I think he's I think I, I I mean I think he's more past the off the field stuff. I think he's been he hasn't like he hasn't been in trouble in like a year, right? Well, he's been out of the league. Yeah, but he, but I mean he hasn't been getting in any trouble though. I think his big trouble was just the DUIs and shit. He would keep getting DUIs, yeah. but he'd fail like every single drug test that was imaginable. Yeah, yeah it was, but it was, it, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. Yes. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> no, I don't think he's Correct. ever had any like he's never had any issues that are like, oh my god, he's a bad dude. Right. He's just a dude with some problems. So I don't. He's only 27. He's also been playing for the Cleveland fucking Browns, which are the signal, like the symbol for you know ineptitude in the NFL. So I mean, going in that system there with the Patriots, um, I think it'll end up working out because they have no. He has nobody else to throw to. They'll work him in quickly. He's definitely in shape. Yeah. You know, he's ready to go, so that's not going to be an issue. He has to learn the playbook. He's got a strong infrastructure there between Brady and Belichick and all that, and he probably knows this is his last chance. The one thing the Browns, the Browns kept giving him chances. I still don't understand what happened with the Browns. I just don't understand why you would go through all those years of holding on to him and hoping he does well, and then right as he's at the point of being able to contribute to your franchise, then you let Well, him he go. caught a touchdown in week one. He played. Did he? Yeah, he caught a touchdown in week one. So what happened? Do you know what happened? I think so. They say that he showed up at the facility and wasn't himself. So like he was hungover? Yeah. Well, no, no. I don't know what he was. He might have been yeah. high on something. Who knows? And that he also showed the facility with this hamstring injury that they said he got shooting promo. I saw that. That's I don't know what he's shooting promo for. But <laughs> <laughs> um. I saw that. Take, like that he pulled the hammy. Yeah. Doing some shit that he... Wasn't related to the team. and they Wasn't were related like, to the team, and enough. they showed a facility on some weird shit was the other report. I mean, that dude was probably on, like, a literally, like, one strike and you're out type situation. Like, the next incident, we're just done. Because yeah. eventually, you got to answer to the rest of your team, and they see that shit, and they're like, yo, for how much longer? We love the guy, but for how much longer is he going to be able to do whatever the hell he wants to? Right. Especially when you're trying to change the culture. No doubt. So it's kind of like they are probably just done, man. I mean, I, I kind of applaud them for being – I applaud them for sticking with them for so long. Because they really wanted to help him. You know, I mean, they, they kept him on for four years. They could have cut him after yeah. the, all the Manziel stuff, right? Yeah. So I applaud them for keeping him on. But shout I think at the Johnny. same time, shout out Johnny. <laughs> um, <laughs> you listen to his podcast? No. Oh, it's, it's just so, it's like it's like the douchiest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah? Yeah, he's he's funny. Um, I haven't checked it. I got to Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, But, you know, they, they stuck with him, man. And I think you can only take so much. It only takes so much. Yeah, I feel that. Fight night's our favorite night. We always talk about yes, that. Sir. Triple G Canelo 2. We're going to close the show out here. We can talk about this for a little while, so this will be fun. What'd you think? I, this, what a fight, bro. Yeah. That was, when, the, bell, when, the, when the 12th bell rang, I was like, wow. That was, uh, so for anybody, you know, all those people used to watch, didn't know anything about boxing, would watch Mayweather fights, and be like, oh my God, this is so boring. Yeah. That, that wasn't this. This was toe-to-toe. Did you notice that at no point was anybody in the corner or on the ropes? Never. 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 There was no corner play, no ropes play. It was in the middle of the ring. They just walked around. Yeah, like just walk around boxing. Around like this boxing. Fighting, fighting, yeah. actually. Fighting. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I thought it was great. I wouldn't have wanted to be a ref for that or a judge for that because yeah. I don't know how I would have scored it. Um, I was listening to Simmons today, and he brought up a good point. Let's say you have it at, I don't know. 115, 113. Yeah, something like that at that point, right? No, getting yeah. towards the end of or the fight, tied, and like, you're up like 5'4". Like exactly. It'd be really hard for you to give that deciding round to someone who you didn't think won the fight all the way together. So at right. that point, it's kind of like, how do you make that decision, right? So if you thought Canelo won it, but you know Triple G won that last round, which is ultimately going to tip your scorecard, it's you, hard. You might just tip it to Canelo. So. Yeah, and that's, that's the tough thing about just not judging the whole fight going round by round is, you know, it doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. It's crazy because they're going to fight a third time. I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Triple G, I think, won the first fight. 
I don't know. I, I I hate to call shit a draw, but that shit looked like a draw. The last fight was a draw. It looked like a draw. Like yeah. if I, if you ever seen a draw before, that was it. Like they were going back and forth, right? But I think it's crazy that Triple G, who was undefeated by the way, yeah. What he was like 34 and 1. Canelo's 30, only lost thirty two knockouts. Canelo only lost to Mayweather. Mayweather, right? That's it. Um. A fight that he he, should, he had no business fighting Mayweather when he did. He was too way. He, he was, like he was about three years early. Yeah. on that. Yeah, they'd be interesting. That'd be an interesting fight. A couple of years ago, but yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. He like if he goes on and fights Triple G fights this third fight and he, say he loses, it's going to be o two and one against Canelo and like once the smoke clears. People down the years are gonna be like, yeah, he Canelo owned Triple G. And uh, yeah. It just doesn't. It's just not like we're gonna be like, nah, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Wasn't well, like but the that. record, you are, yeah, you are what your record yeah, says yeah, you are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's crazy that he's kind of in that position with. He basically has has had two fights that he probably won the first one, then the second one could go either way, and he's zero and one and and has a draw on the other. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to look at that after two fights. Yeah. But you know what? He had to have known going into both fights that he had to win in order to get the win. You know what I'm saying? Canelo from the Canelo's, opening bell was pressing him well, all day. And Canelo's the Canelo's the future of I mean, he's the president of boxing and he's the future of boxing. Canelo's twenty seven. He is huge in Mexico, right? He's I mean they huge they love him. Like he's period, huge in yeah. boxing period. They love him in Mexico. Like, whatever, man. Obviously, you know, boxing and we know look, I love boxing, man, but it's shady. Right, yeah. so if there's gonna be a draw, it's gonna go. It's gonna if it's close, it's either gonna be a draw or go to Canelo. No close fight is gonna go to Triple G. He has to know that they're not gonna dim Canelo's star unless Canelo goes out and loses. And Triple G has to know that, so you gotta go in for the win. You know what? Going into it, because I bet I have money on Triple G. Yeah, I thought that Canelo would have to beat him like by a good amount to win that fight. Because I thought the judges would go back, reflect on the first one, thinking that Triple G got robbed a little bit, and that would kind of tip their hand towards Triple G. Like I thought Canelo would have had to beat the brakes off him a little bit, and I just didn't think that would happen. Yeah, I thought the opposite. Yeah? I just thought that because of who Canelo is, you, you had to really win that fight. The judges love Canelo. Yeah, the judges love Canelo. Boxing loves Canelo. And again, you don't want Canelo to have a loss to someone who's not Floyd Mayweather because that dims his star just a bit. And for boxing, think about it. If you're, if you're boxing, you, you, there's only – Triple G is what, 37? Yeah, he's old. So you're not going to get anything out of him. You're not going to be able to promote him for the next 10 years like you can Canelo. Um, so he had to come out and really win that fight, and I don't think he did. You saw Mayweather try to steal the show with this That's announcement stupid, of Mayweather. Bro. I don't, I don't – uh, Pacquiao too. Yeah, man. It's – I, every time there's something like that happens, I say I'm not going to get the fight, but I always get it, and I always I watch I it. I don't think I'd get that fight. I have zero interest in ever watching Manny Pacquiao box again. He's Yeah, he's finished. He's cooked. He's a but, senator, yeah, whatever he, it is. Yeah, he's just completely cooked. He's done. I have zero interest in ever seeing him You wouldn't him even again. tune in to watch Floyd play some defense? I, I literally order, like, every fight. Not every fight, but most of the big fights. Legit, people, like people I don't care I don't about. I don't even care about. I get yeah. it watching the fight. Yeah. If I get it, I go to your crib. Or like, I forget which fight I ordered a few months ago. That I was like, well, I'm even ordering this. I'm like, <laughs> I, I was like, I don't want to be outside the conversation when people are talking about what happened. So right. I ordered it. Um, oh, Wilder and. Uh, no, not Wilder. Was it Wilder and yeah, Wilder and that big Cuban dude? 
Oh yeah, it was on. It was, no, it, that was, that was on HBO, wasn't it? Was it? On Showtime. Who? What was the fight that I ordered? And that was man? a good ass fight. That was a good ass fight. <laughs> <laughs> that big dude was just getting a check. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Um, speaking of Wilder, Wilder, Joshua. We need that. Need that. Need that. Have they still haven't agreed to where? And I know yeah. Joshua's trying to get in London. That's not I would, happening. I would never agree to that. That's not happening for one of two reasons. A couple of reasons. Number one, yeah, you're not. They're not. It's not happening. Not happening. Number two, you lose the whole United States market because it's like a twelve-hour difference, isn't it? Yeah. Usually, when they do that, though, they 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 end up flipping it for the. United so they'll States. be fighting in London like, at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, at the like, L two. Pacquiao fought in Asia recently. It wasn't a huge marquee fight, but they they fought at like eleven a.m. That's interesting. Just I don't so think people, that's not happening. So at, people that's out not here happening can watch O2 it on a, on a heavyweight uh, heavyweight title belt. But yeah, I mean, I'm getting that for sure. Yeah, so and we'll I'm, I'm definitely pulling for Anthony Joshua. Why? Well, Just real quick, Wilder's corny. Yeah, he is. He's corny. He is corny. I, he's corny. He, you know, he's he's just kind of corny, man. His whole his whole persona is corny. And speaking of corny, I know you wanted to get some words off on this Urban Meyer piece, so we can close yeah. it there. And I and then we'll close on a lighter note. But let's get your thoughts on Urban before we get out of here. The only thing I have left to say on this Urban Meyer thing, and it's kind of what I suspected from the beginning, but watching those last two interviews really confirmed it to me. Yeah. Urban Meyer doesn't believe this girl. The, the ex-wife? Yeah. He doesn't believe her. He thinks that she's making up the story. That is why he's so hesitant to give her any credit, apologize, or whatever. And you kept looking at that interview and saying, I just want the truth to come out. I just want the truth. I don't think he believes that what she says happened, happened. Uh, and I don't think he ever believed that. That's, and then that... So that's, Why else? that's where the smugness comes yeah. from. That's where yeah. the, it's at this point. It's only pride for not stepping up and saying, Hey, you know what, man? I'm a dumbass. I can't believe I had this dude on the staff. I was too. I apologize to all women out there. Women yeah. that are going through this. Like it's either that or he hates women and isn't, isn't, you know, like whatever, man. Rinaldi caught him off wild Rinaldi off guard. Rinaldi he, was, he was like, yo, have you called her? Yeah. He was like, like well, why not? Uh, have it and well he played him a quote he's like well how does that make you feel he's like uh well you know it's tough he goes i know it's tough how does it make you feel yeah, no, <laughs> ronaldi's good ronaldi's real good and that was the most ohio house oh yeah yeah that i've ever yeah. seen in my whole life <laughs> the, whole, the open up in the back the open not, back with yeah. like the umbrella seats yeah and he had he had red he had like red and white polka dot shit like yeah. couch and chairs yeah super Horrendous. like old country yeah like yeah, they pay so all that whack. money um, yeah, super but yeah, it's the only thing I could think. And I thought that from the beginning when he didn't apologize, so I'm like, there's no other way that he would never apologize to this chick and not even say her name. Yeah. Unless he didn't believe it when it was all happening a few years back and he was dealing with the Zach Smith situation. He didn't believe it. Right. And he just had this guy's back. Like, I don't believe that Zach would do that. I think she's lying. I still think she's lying. When he said, I just wanted the truth to come out. It's yeah. like, well, what, what truth are you talking about, yeah. bro? Because you already, yeah, you're there. Because yeah. you have your truth in your head and you just don't want to, your pride will not allow you to say that you I never thought about it wrong. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it like that and go back and reread his quotes. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's close on a lighter note. How do you feel about Jason Witten and this whole Monday Night Football crew? Terrible. This is, this is their first year it's, together. It's awkward. We got the we got the Chicago look because we, we were on there. That was the, what, second game of the year, third game of the year for them. Um, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, I think so. Like in one word, that's what you would get. It's awkward. Yeah. Well, first off, you got McFarland down on the sideline. Yeah. I, I think that's cool. It's cool. 
It's cool. I like the and idea. I was at the game, and you can see him. He's on like a lifted. He's up on like a lift thing that you can see. And they just drive him around back and forth on yeah. the sideline. Yeah. I like Tessator. He's kind of like your old school type announcer. Like you know, I I kind of like his thing. I just think Witten's awful. I think Witten is trying to do the Tony Romo thing, but he's not Romo. Yeah. Like, Romo's quick with it. Romo was a quarterback. Romo is breaking down the game a little bit better, and he's trying to be that insightful and, you know, break stuff down like yeah. that, but it's just not good. And it's, He doesn't have, like, a dynamic personality at he all. He doesn't. No dynamic personality. And a lot of the time, I was having a hard time hearing what he was saying. Yeah. I'm like, can this guy he, speak? Can he trails turn, off, too. Can someone turn his mic up? And and the timing of, like, where he says stuff wasn't working. He'd be talking about a play before, and we're on, like, the next almost yeah. play and a half. Like, a dude's running down the sideline. Tessator's got to jump in and cut him off to, like, explain what's happening. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Well, and he would, like, start thoughts and then kind of trail off and go into something else. It, it was just very, like, right. I'd, I didn't think it was smooth. And, like, again, Tessator is a vet, so he's able to kind of keep him on track. But uh, it's not Romo. It's not It's not what I it, – no, nah, I'm not a big he fan. Has to, I'd rather move McFarland up into the booth with Tessator and scrap the whole winning thing. Or whatever. Have Tessator by himself up top and McFarland <laughs> down there. But whatever it might be, <laughs> yeah. Jason Witten – I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, Jason Witten, great, great player when he played and everything like that. I just don't know how he lucked into that job. He's I don't a, know who was like, man, I can't wait to hear Jason Witten break a, down a game. He's a straight-edge Hall of Famer, good-looking white dude that they can put in the box. Like, what do you mean? Like, throw Randy in the booth. <laughs> Randy, to be honest, I, I can't believe he's been on ESPN as long as he has. Yeah. That show is terrible, too. Well, they, remember, they, they, can't, they can't find – remember, they had uh, Ray Lewis for a while, and he was just awful. Yeah. The Man. NFL Network does a really good uh, pre and post game yeah, situation. Dion Prime, Marshall yeah. Falk, those dudes are awesome. They're good. And Rich Eisen's Rich great. Eisen's a great host. Yeah, yeah, dude, they're good. Mariucci's good too. Yeah, they got a good, and they got Steve Smith on there. Steve talking Smith big on there shit. talking crazy. Did you see Steve Smith talking? Yo, my, shout out my boy Maxie. He was talking about. He showed me this clip of Steve Smith and uh, Michael Irvin get into it. Yeah, and he's like, "I got a doctorate in route running, baby." Yeah, that's what I, like, yeah I got a doctorate. Like, he was like, "You got an associate." You got associates. He was like. You had Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. He's like, I got a, I got, I got a doctorate Dude, in route running, baby. They were, uh, they were interviewing Steve Smith a couple of years ago, like about going to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you know the Pro Bowl. He's like, I like that trip because it's one of the trips I get to take without my kids. So I tell my wife, I'm gonna take her to Pound Town. And like, <laughs> you know how he talks? He's so serious. Oh, like he takes it. He leaves the kids, but brings his wife. So yeah, he right, can you know do his right, thing. He's right. like, yeah. So that's me and my wife. We say, I'm, I'm gonna take her to Pound Town. He, like <laughs> he's just like raw and doesn't care. He doesn't Steve give Smith a fuck, great, bro. Who was it that uh man? Who was it that was talking shit? Fuck man, I wish we had this queued up already. But some some young player was talking shit and had said something about Steve Smith's wife, and like Steve Smith just Lost went it. off on him. Yeah, and like first off, burned the dude, and then afterwards, I think they had even been mic'd up, or it was after the game. I forget what it was. Yeah. And it's a super intense Steve Smith interview where it's like, yeah, he said something about my wife, and you don't talk about a man's wife. And he was just, like, wilding out. Yeah, Steve it's Smith. awesome, man. Steve Check Smith out that clip if you can. That is great. Bears <laughs> at Arizona Sunday should be an easy win to take us to 2-1. and one. We're, The current spread right now is minus 6, which seems low. Does seem low. We were only four, what, four and a half? Four and day. a half last night, minus 6. Ooh, which I want to tell you. I bet yeah. on the Bears, real money. It's real the first money. time in my entire life. Minus four and a half. Took you gave up the points. I did it. I, t- I took the money line. I couldn't give up four and a half. I didn't points. want. It. Yeah, I, I was. I was thinking How about. How nervous taking... were you before that pick six? 
I was very was nervous. nervous. Yeah, very nervous. <laughs> I know um, you weren't. The odds were just awful on the money line, so I had to. Yeah, I had, I had the to grab money those line points. was bad was odds, but minus I minus two hundred five or something. I was I was confident we would win the game, but four four and a hook. Jeez, yeah, man, that's that's almost like that's basically six points. Yeah, and then I got caught up in some. Uh, I was doing dumb. I was doing some amateur, some amateur gambling this weekend, man. The part fucking with the, teasers and shit pick, like that. <laughs> stay away from teasers. Teaser, hey, I like. Stay teasers. away from teasers. No, I rock with I've teasers. never had success with the teaser. Six point teaser. I've never. Yeah, you think it's like, oh man, I can bring the Falcons up to uh, what? Who did I? Who did I tease? I teased the Giants. Yo, I'm really so salty. I didn't awful. take Jacksonville on the money. I took them in the pick them. Yeah. I knew they were gonna win, but I couldn't pull the trigger. It's hard to bet it's against Tom to, Brady. It's just so bad. You feel so stupid to lose money when you bet like. Out of all the games on the whole fucking docket, I bet against Tom Brady. Like, I bet quarterbacks. I could have picked any other game. I picked this one, so I, I, I stayed yeah. away from it, but they ended up winning. I'll never feel bad about not taking Blake Bortles in a Blake Bortles versus Tom Brady battle. Yeah. To me, like, when in doubt, look at the quarterbacks always. And, okay. you know, that's that's okay. pretty much how I do our pick em. I think about the quarterback matchups. And that's why I'm in else. first place in that pick em, by the way. Only by one point. I'm in first place right now. You got seven, I got six. I'm out here. You got six? Okay, word. I mean, you got you to gotta make up for, what was it, two years ago when you when you started off, like, 0-20? Yo, two years <laughs> ago, I was in the tank really crazy. But, like, crazy. Yeah, I, got, I got second last year. I'm back, boy. I'm, right. I'm winning this year. That's it, man. That's all we got. Bears getting another W, hopefully, this coming Sunday, man. Make sure you subscribe. No Catch Up Chicago everywhere. Instagram, YouTube, Stitcher, the whole nine, man. Check us out. I'll drop the audio for this soon. I'm going to keep pumping out clips. We're going to keep coming with some content. I would love to get out to Arizona for the game, but I don't know if I'll be able to make it happen, but maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, you can have that one, man. (laughs) No Catch Up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. For Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. Listen up, man. Stay locked. Khalil Mack, run the city.